What is Harry's last name? Windsor. His last name's Windsor? Mm-hmm. They're the Windsors. The House of Windsor. Alright, I didn't know that. Doesn't sound like the la- a last name. Well, Windsor is their last I name. I mean, I get it now. Now I feel like a dumbass. I imagine that all of Great Britain is a mix of Harry Potter and the royal family. That everyone is like that and everywhere is like that. And I know that it's not true and I'm an ignorant American for saying it. But I am not a traveled woman. I've never been outside the congressional U.S. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never been to Great Britain either. However, Ian's mom is from Great Britain. And I want to say that she is neither like Harry Potter or the royal family. But I would be lying. That's exactly what she's like. There you go. I mean, case closed. Moving on. Let's get down to it. Welcome to Obviously It's Fake the Podcast. I'm Chelsea Potts. And I'm Catherine Doherty. Uh, uh, uh. What? It's a podcast. Okay. So, what we're talking about this week is something kind of awesome and also kind of terrible at the same time. I mean, it's not kind of terrible, it's tragic. But. Weird intro, but okay. It's not untrue. (laughs) So, we're talking about um, the conspiracies related to Princess Diana's death. And um, kind of tying it in a little bit to the recent interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it definitely ties in, you know. It's like, she's the... You know, she's the new Diana. So we're talking about, there's a lot of conspiracies um, surrounding Princess Diana's death. And we're going to get into that for sure. Um, But of course, that is going to be a second of a two-parter. Yes. (laughs) Loosen up. I'm sorry. Loosen up. I know, you're all stressed going into it. You gotta relax. Exactly, exactly what you're saying. So today on Obviously It's Fake the Podcast, we are going to be discussing Princess Diana's life. Everything, you know, all of the important stuff leading up to her death. And then next week in part two, we'll kind of deep dive into some of the explanations for her death um, that differ from, you know, the widely accepted facts as we know them. But before we get into everything, we are going to talk a little bit about Meghan and Harry and their CBS interview with Oprah because it was amazing. Um, Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing. I did watch the whole thing. I'm not going to lie, like, kind of towards the end, I was, like, in the middle of starting dinner. But I got through most of it, and I was as shocked as I think everyone else was. I wasn't shocked at all. They said exactly what I thought they were going to say. Not shocked, like, in the way that, like, oh, no, you know, no, that wasn't a good example. Not shocked in the way of, like... But, like, shocked that they said it? Yeah, that that she was, like, this is happening. That there is racism mm-hmm. within the royal family. Well... It's so crazy because, like, Diana kind of 
did the same thing. Not with the racism aspect, but when she ha- did her interview with Martin Bashir. The mental health aspect, because Megan... It was all, yes, yeah, so many similarities between her and Megan. And everybody, I feel like I'm seeing everyone draw comparisons between Megan's interview and Diana's interview and the treatment of Megan and the treatment of Diana being similar and even now the issue of race Mm. being similar because there was an issue of race at the end of Diana's life. Her uh, lover that she died with in the crash. um, Jody. Yeah, Jody Fayed uh, was Muslim. So there was an issue of race. I would think that in the... I mean, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth has seen some shit, right? Um, oh, wait, before we get into it. All right. Before we, like, deep dive into the whole thing. So. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I'm doing so good. All right. <laughs> you don't believe me? What? Listen. I just want to point out that the queen had seen some shit, right? Her father died at a... I just want to give a little bit of Della's advocate before we start talking about some of the things that we're going to talk about. I wasn't going to trash talk the queen. I was. (laughs) Before I trash talk her, I just want to shower her with compliments really quickly. All right, proceed. Before we, like, deep dive into our Diana and Meghan Markle interviews, discussions, etc. We have uh, some exciting news coming from Obviously It's Fake the Podcast. Oh, wait. Which uh, we're really excited to share with you guys. Um, If you haven't, please uh, subscribe to the podcast, um, leave us a review, uh, follow us on social media, And if you want to be in on our announcements, then uh, check out our website, obviouslyitsfake.com, and sign up for our newsletter, because we're going to be rolling out some really cool stuff soon. Uh, And if you want to hear about it, then that is the best way to do it. What are you, what's this here that you've got? Are you going to make an announcement? Because I want to put a drum roll on it. I just made the announcement. Damn it! That's the whole announcement. We can't announce anything further than that because it would be too many things. You know, we're not ready for all of our other announcements. I'm announcing that we have an announcement, basically, is what I'm saying. Perfect. We'll we'll be announcing more announcements soon. Stay tuned for that announcement. (laughs) Coming soon, Chelsea will perfect the sound effects... Finally, and they will be integrated officially into the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have canned applause, noises, canned laughter, um, probably sirens, uh, dramatic music segues. Maybe some crickets? Perhaps some crickets. Uh, Perhaps. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, oh my goodness. And speaking of podcasts. Yeah. Last week, I had mentioned um, Power and Consequence 
Um, and I'm definitely still listening to them. They're such a good podcast. I really highly recommend them. Uh, and also, um, I've been listening a lot to Eerie and Absurd recently. Yes, yes. Uh, with the, the, it's hosted by a married couple, Wendy and Michael, and they have these, like, sweet, cute southern accents, like, not to be... That's adorable. Not to, like, like not to, like, infantilize people from the south, but, like, it's cute. (laughs) They have, like, a southern draw? Yes. Yes. And they talk about real creepy stuff with their, like, I don't know, just, like, something about, like, the combination of those accents and the subject matter. I haven't listened, but I will now. It makes me so happy. (laughs) What about you? I've been listening to... Oh, Fat Man and Beyond. Or Fat Fat Man Beyond. Fat Man Beyond. With um, Kevin Smith. Love me some Kevin Smith. And he was reviewing WandaVision. He did a deep dive into WandaVision. If you haven't watched WandaVision or any of the Marvel... I've um, never seen WandaVision. Why are we even friends? I want to watch it. Have you seen any of the Marvel movies? Yeah. All of them? Uh, I think so. You Is have there... to see... Like, you could skip Thor, Dark, whatever the fuck it was. Oh, have I seen all of them, like, every... Mm, probably not. No. Alright, we're gonna have to... I haven't to... seen all of them, but I've seen a lot of them. We're gonna need a weekend, a case of wine, and a, a cabin. A case of wine? <laughs> what the fuck? How many people are coming with us? There's gonna be laughs and there's gonna be tears. Okay. <clears throat> and then you're you're gonna be hooked just like you're now hooked. You're gonna get hooked on the crown, too. Do you now. hear that ice cream man? Because there's a block of children on my street. There's, like, a, a several houses, and he'll sit there for, like, 20 minutes. Running the fucking music the whole yeah, time? Yeah, it's fucking awful. Well, I don't think it is. I mean, it's awful if you're trying to record a podcast, but if you're just, like, living your life, that's not that awful. I don't know. I guess if you don't want to get your kid ice cream, it is awful, you know, because now... You've got a lot of time where you have to re-explain over and over again that you're not getting any fucking ice cream. I don't look forward to that as a mother. What, like being asked for things multiple times in a row? Uh-huh. Because that annoys the bejesus out of me. Um, I mean, it's not that bad. Tis a pet peeve of mine. Or for me to, like, repeat, my, have to repeat myself... More than, like, a couple of times. You're gonna have to repeat yourself a thousand and one times. That's, like, because, like, repetition is the cornerstone of early learning. Like, that's, that's the reason why kids want to sing the same song and read the same book one thousand times in a row. Is because they're, like, mastering the idea of it. Got it. You know? They're building it in their minds. Yeah, they're like, that's how they learn. Okay, that makes sense. So that's what you gotta tell yourself. You gotta be like, I'm repeating this not because it's hugely fucking annoying. And my child is a psychopath because they want to sing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands 74,000 times. I'm doing this because it's like helping them 
Learn some shit. Learn or whatever the fuck. I don't know. That's what I tell myself. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about Princess Diana's life. So from the gate, right? Like right out the gate, her family, like she's already a lady. Princess Diana, no, she's not. Yes, she is. No, she's not. She's, Let me correct you she immediately. Was one of, she was from one of the oldest, wealthiest, aristocratic families in the land. Yes, Diana Frances Spencer, born July 1st, 1961. She was the fourth of five children, born to John Spencer, the eighth Earl of Spencer, and his first wife, Frances Ruth Roche. Bader Ginsburg. Bader Ginsburg Could you Apple. imagine... Anyway. No, I can't, because she was a Jewish American. <laughs> so, uh, it would just be cool. Listen, so, Di- yes, so Diana, while she did come from an extremely wealthy, upper crust uh, English family and her, she had noble blood. She was not yet a lady. Like that didn't happen yet. She's there. There, like the way the rules of like, whatever the fudge, like, she wasn't at that point in her life because her grandfather uh, was still alive. The seventh Duke of yeah, the seventh Earl. Uh, Earl of whatever. He was an Earl of. What was he? Earl. Just died. Earl Spencer. Earl Spencer. Um, so, no, she wasn't born a lady, but she did have noble blood. Um, now, in 1967, her parents separated and started going through, like, a pretty rough custody va- battle that her father eventually does win. Really? Yes. Unheard of in those times. I know. It is so weird for the dad to win, especially in the 60s. I don't know if maybe, like, was Britain different? Maybe. Like, I'm not Maybe sure. because he had more money and he had more... Because he definitely had more money than her mom. And he had more power than her mom. Her mom actually kind of... Her mom kind of sucked. Her mom gets remarried, right? Is it her mom or her dad that gets remarried? I think her mom gets remarried, and she mentions, like, going to visit them on the weekends, and her mother, like, crying. Her mom, it is her mom that remarries. So, her... Wait, we have to paint this picture correctly. So, at this time, her two older sisters are away at boarding school, and her younger brother is only three years old. So he's not much of, like, a companion to talk to about, like, how she feels about shit. No, yeah, she's very alone during the time of her parents' separation. Um, Her younger brother, Charles, actually blames um, their parents' divorce later later on, like, years later in, in, in an interview. He says that he thinks that it was because their firstborn child didn't survive. Um, and that, that, you know, that's like a terrible thing for a couple to have to go through. Yeah. And it often, you know, can cause a rift that is extremely hard to heal. Uh, but in 1969, her mom does then remarry this wallpaper heir and she is actually accused by his ex-wife of being like the other woman, like the homewrecker Mm. of their family. Um, and Diana gets like very kind of traumatized by this. Like she really hates the idea of divorce 
she become like she wants more than anything to have an idealistic family because her family you know was so broken and in the 60s it was pretty unusual to have a broken family really um like at that time divorce was still really rare as far Um, as we know like in the states i imagine it was pretty the social climate was pretty it was i mean you know especially the royals fudge and hate divorce yeah it's like a cardinal sin it's a no-no funnily enough though the british monarchy is not really british they're german listen you're correct what's that Oh, this is like peppery. It's dope. You're gonna wanna, yeah. Peppery. Uh, <coughs> okay, so. So her fam, her fam was. They weren't yeah. hurting. You well, know? no, they were very. They were. What do you mean? They weren't hurting. Financially. Oh yeah, no, they were super rich. She was extremely. Uh, we covered that already. Oh, emotionally though, shambles. Listen. <laughs> Listen, in 1970, at age nine, Diana enrolls in boarding school for the first time. This is where she develops her eating disorder, her bulimia. You know, she's coming from a broken family. Like, I mean, it very much makes sense. She's coming from a broken family. She's going into this, like, unsupervised lifestyle of, like, being on her own, no longer being in a family. All she wanted was a family, and now she really has, like, the opposite lifestyle of that. Until she graduates from high school, she grows up in these boarding schools, which is very normal for a person of her background. Yeah. It was super common. Um, but, you know. Well, she had finishing school. There was boarding school and then there was finishing school. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of the reason why she went to finishing school and not like college or anything like that is because, uh, you know, when she was like due to graduate. Uh, she failed all of her O-level exams twice. So technically, she, like, didn't ever get the equivalent to, like, a high school diploma because she failed all of her exams. She just did not do well in school. She didn't She didn't like it. She didn't excel at it. Um, it was not her thing. After she graduates um, in... Uh, well, actually... Maybe that accounts for some of her innocence, her her continuing to... I mean, yes, later in life she came out to be like a, an advocate for a lot of different things, but initially when she first became in the public eye, she was so very, like, almost childlike and shy. Well, yeah, she was basically a child, though. She was 19 years old when they got engaged, right? Yeah, and we're 10 years before it. We are 10 years before it now, but I'm just saying, like, she was... That's young. Yeah. That's young. And she was very shy. Like, she didn't have... I think that's probably the biggest difference between her and Meghan Markle. Like, she didn't have any training in engaging with the media. And she also never had a boyfriend before Prince Charles. Like, Prince Charles was her first boyfriend. That was part of the reason why everybody wanted him to marry her, was because she was, like, this, like, perfect virgin Mm -hmm. lady, Mm -hmm. aristocrat, like, the perfect princess. You know what I mean? You would think. Well, listen, we're jumping ahead 
we're we getting get, into we, do it every we time. got because at, in 1970 when Diana first enrolls in boarding school at age 9 this is also the point in history where Prince Charles first meets another integral character in this story Camilla <laughs> Why do you do, why 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 I feel like Camilla gets a really bad rap and she didn't even do anything. She like, really didn't. She, like, Let me take that back. Let me... Maybe she did. I don't know. We don't know. Maybe she was like... You know. Maybe she did. I'm sorry. But, but we don't know. Two consenting adults that are in a relationship with other people, separately but together, having relations outside of that you're talking, okay, so you're saying that because of the infidelity. Yes. She is, like, inherently a villain in this story. Because of the But, inf- like, listen. She's not a villain. What about the, f- like, you know, you say that, but that's just because of the angle that we're looking at this from. What about fucking um, Rachel McAdams in The Notebook? She was committing infidelity that whole time, and you loved her. You know, she was the protagonist. I did, though. That's what I'm saying. It's the angle that we're looking at it. I don't want to, like, I don't think that she needs to, like, be demonized. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe she was, like, you know, knowingly being a dick and didn't give a fuck about Diana's feelings. And, you know. I don't know about that. I mean, she is a human, but we're, she's in boarding school. We're jumping way too far ahead. She's in boarding school right now. No, we're on Charles. So, while Diana's in boarding school, Charles first meets Camilla, and they start dating. So, they bond over their shared interests. They have a very intense relationship. One of the things that Charles loves so much about Camilla is that she's, like, extremely intellectual, just like he is. She's also extremely outdoorsy and, like, rough and tumble, like, not your average lady, Um, she is also very into, like, polo, hunting, all this type of shit that Prince Charles really likes. So, they have an amazing relationship. They love each other so much. However, Camilla is not what the royal family has in mind for Charles. She's described as being very worldly, which basically is code for she is a slut. Uh Uh-huh. Um, she is also, um, on again, off again with Andrew Parker Bowles. So this is like a, this is like a public relationship that she has with Andrew Parker Bowles, who is not like a young man, really. Um, and it's like obvious that she's not, like she's no virgin. You know what I mean? I have to introduce (laughs) another character of the royal family at this point in time, uh, Princess Anne. Okay. Was has a secret baby allegedly having an on again off again affair with Andrew Parker Bowles before he married Camilla? It's so wild, right? Like this, so it's so incestuous. Like the well, they're all cousins interweaving, are they? Camilla and the fucking the king and queen or um, the king and queen are not cousins. Yes, they are. They're not. I don't think they're first cousins, but Prince Philip, Philip and Queen Elizabeth are cousins. Yeah. That's so weird. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was from Germany. Um, Greece. Greece, yeah. But isn't he, like... It was Battenberg. So, no. Maybe they were from Germany. 
No, I think you're right. They are. They were from Greece, but his he was raised by an aunt who was married to a soldier in Hitler's army. Damn. Fun fact. I, I don't know that that's fun. I well, it's I mean, it's just, I'm just saying, like it's like a piece of information. Historical. It comes up later. It comes up later. All right. It comes it's up. gonna come back up later. So tuck it away. I'm gonna tuck it. Tuck it away, because you're going to want to remember that later. So the queen says, <laughs> sweetie, I get it, but not this big. The queen says, yes. He's, she says, honey, baby, sweetie, Charlie, you are not going to marry Camilla. First of all, she is 18 months older than you, which basically means that she's ancient. Mm-hmm. She is a hoe. Yep. She is dating Andrew Parker Bowles. Yep, yep. Um, she's also uggos. Like, she's not considered conventionally beautiful um and they want him to be with like a prize in english rose which i don't think is very fair she also had no title she had like royal blood but she wasn't like a lady but she was not like she was not officially a lady or anything like that um so prince charles gets shipped off with the royal navy in 1973 three years after they meet um, and while he's gone, Camilla's parents, uh, completely orchestrate a marriage between her and Andrew Parker Bowles because they want her to marry Andrew Parker Bowles. They feel like that is like a good future for her. So they, ba- they like basically orchestrate that happening and it does. It, it does happen. Um, but the queen mother and Lord Mountbatten, which was Prince... Uh, Charles's uncle um, also allegedly orchestrated Diana kind of coming in and absolutely his, yeah in his, 1975 wait hid what well his departure into the Caribbean because things were getting too serious with Camilla he was determined he was going to marry Camilla so he was in the Navy and oh so they were like get him in the Navy and get him the fuck out of here so that he can't marry Camilla they sent him to the Caribbean or Caribbean. Caribbean? Caribbean. How do you say it? Let Listen, us know. Listen, it doesn't... <laughs> Alright. Listen, okay, so what happened? Okay, I didn't know that, actually, that they they were, like, the reason why he got, like, shipped out. It's a theory suggested by the Crown. I don't know if they were the first to come up with Oh, I got you, got you, got you. See, I don't watch the Crown. I feel like I'm gonna have to now. You do. Because... It is very this, I, like, went into obsess mode when we were prepping for this episode, I was like, oh my god. Like, after I watched the Meghan Markle and Harry Windsor interview, which I didn't even know he had a real last name. Um, <laughs> sounds like a wizard, doesn't he? Harry Windsor. Harry Windsor. Well, it sounds like a wizard because of Harry Potter. But. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason. Harold Windsor. But after I watched that interview, I was like, oh my god, I'm addicted. I'm addicted now. And then I watched like a hundred YouTube videos about the royal family. It's like in our American DNA. Because then I just like kept going. I was like video, bit after video, after video. I mean... Meghan Markle, where did it all go wrong? That was a do- like a British documentary that came up. Like all my suggested YouTube videos... This morning, so that's what I was watching while I was getting ready. And they were... Did it go wrong, though? I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, they really... It's true that they don't like her. 
They don't like her. They don't like her, the media in Great Britain. They don't like her at all. Let me ask you this, right? I mean, so right now uh, he's in, Prince Charles is in the Caribbean. Okay, we're back at the fucking thing. Okay. But. Because we're, we're time warping from like present day to, yeah. to Diana. All right, so Prince Charles is in the Caribbean and Camilla is becoming Camilla Parker Bowles. Which doesn't necessarily stop the affair. No. So, listen, but we'll get to that. So, because, like, you know, I don't know. We're, like, really demonizing Camilla, and, like, everything demonizes Camilla, right? But, like, what the fuck? Like, she was forced into marrying this dude that she didn't want to marry. But she didn't want to become queen. No, she didn't want to become queen, but she genuinely loved him. She genuinely loved him. They were in love. And her parents made her get married to Andrew Parker Bowles, who also didn't really want to marry her. He was kind of forced into it, too. It's not like he was gung-ho, Camilla, I fucking love you. He wasn't. Mm -mm. He was heavily pressured into proposing to her. Well, the thing about the royal bloodline is that they want you to be married and produce an heir and a spare by a certain age. Exactly. Well, it's like ridiculous and weird and incestuous but anyway in 1975 right so five years after prince charles and camilla first meet diana's 13 years old at this point and she's i know she's a lot younger than him 12 years i think it's 12 (laughs) year difference why it didn't work out honestly but we'll get there i i mean i think it's because he was in love with this other woman well you know like and they also didn't fucking know each other at all no (laughs) they only met 12 times before they were married i know spent 12 we're not at that part yet sorry (laughs) so she's given the title of lady after her grandfather dies and her father inherits the title Earl of Spencer. So she's not a lady until her dad becomes the Earl. Got it. And he, so she, when she's not born into royalty, she becomes a lady at age 13. Um, and in 1977, this is when Diana first meets her future husband, Prince Charles. Because in 1977, he's dating her older sister, Sarah. Mm. Now, the queen and... Diana's dad and Diana's granny are like BFFs. Like she, he's they're colluding. Yeah, like the the Earl of Spencer and the Queen are like friend. They're friends. What is it? They're like hens in a hen house. They're plotting. They're arranging the marriage. They're menacing. Yeah. Yes. They're like, what are they doing? What's it called when you? They're scheming. Yeah. They're scheming. Plotting and scheming. They're plotting and scheming. They want to, like, get the families together. Um, But Diana's too little, obviously, at this point. Like, she's too young. So for Sarah. So they're like, Sarah, yeah, like, you fucking, like, get together with Sarah. Um, It does not work out with Sarah, and Sarah really doesn't like, like, the, the media attention that she gets when she's dating Prince Charles. Yeah. Because he's, like, number one bachelor in the universe right now, so everybody's, like, very interested in who he's dating, and he's also a huge slut. Like, he's dating everybody. He's, like, throwing it around like nobody's business. He dated, I think, 20 women in the course of a year. Something like he, that. Yeah, he was linked to a lot of ladies. 
Um, but yeah, things don't work out with Sarah. And so later, Granny and Daddy hook up with the Queen again to like plot to get yeah. them together with Diana. Now, in 1980, three years later, Diana is 18. She, after, like, graduating but not really graduating because she flunks, she moves into a flat with her friends and she starts working as a nanny. Um, and during a summer weekend in the country, she meets Prince Charles. Just randomly? She catches his eye. No, I mean, they're at, like, the same party. Yeah, there was a party and that's where they initially first met, but... Well, it's, that's, no, they met when she was a little ass kid. Like, that's the weird well, thing about this. Is like, this is a dude that she, don't, don't you think that's weird? Like, imagine, like, your, your older sisters, because you have a sister who's, like, ten years older than you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. So, imagine your sister who's ten years older than her, her boyfriend that you remember meeting as a child, and then a few years later, like, as soon as you're legal... You're having sex with that guy. That's weird. Exactly. That's so weird. It's and, weird. And that was only like 30, 40 years ago. I mean, but it probably felt weird for Diana. But, you know, whatever. He was a prince and she had like these like delusions of oh, yeah. this like perfect family that like it was going to be like so beautiful and amazing. And she, it's because she was, you know, young. She yeah. was a fucking kid. I mean, the wedding dress. You know what I mean? Look at that thing. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's literally a, like a Cinderella ball gown. And it was the style at the time, of course, with the poof and all of that. But it is the longest train in royal history. Facts. 25 feet. <laughs> I think it took like four flower girls to carry it for her. I don't I think it had to be put in a separate car. Like I don't know. That thing was huge. How would it be put in a separate car? Maybe it came off. Her. It had to have come off. You can't bustle a 25-foot train. I'm sorry, but that ain't happening, sister. All right, you're very into this wedding dress, but I understand why you're getting married I'm getting soon. Getting married in like 2 months. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yes, that's very weird. It's very, like, Jeffrey epstein a little bit. Not really. Well, let's not start sh- accusing Prince Charles of being anything like Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, no. God, no. I'm not, a- I'm not saying that at all. But, I mean, like, same line of thought, older man, younger woman. You know what I mean? Maybe that was a bad example. That's not an Epstein. Epstein is like the worst yeah, of the not worst. That's Epstein specific. That's not even like a Harvey Weinstein. No. Like, that's like Michael Douglas. Thank that's you. That's a Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas and it's Catherine Michael Douglas. They're respected-ish. So. They love each other. They do love each other. But I don't think <laughs> Diana loved Charles, and I don't think Charles loved Diana. Obviously not. Mm, we know what happened. Well, right. <laughs> But Spoiler I, alert. The, it doesn't work out. She was in love with the idea of being a royal. The fairy tale. The Cinderella She totally princess. was. She even, like, and not even that, but she, like, viewed the royal family as, like, the perfect family. You know, all of England. Little did she view, know. Viewed the royal family as, like, the perfect family. And that's what she wanted. She wanted a family. She was still basically a little fucking kid 
looking for a family. And she fell in love with, like, the idea of becoming a princess and, you know, being swept away by her prince and starting a family. And they got engaged. And, yes, they got engaged after they only met each other, what, like, 12 fucking times, 12 or 13 times before actual wedding day. Um, It's a little fast for me. Yeah. He has, like, he has that, like, terrible quote uh, when they get engaged. Where he's, like... They're like, are you in love? And he's like, whatever love means. Yeah. she w- Diana's like, of course. And he goes, whatever that means. Or no, what, whatever in love means. And like... Well, well, because he... They were basically going into an arranged marriage. Yeah. He was trying to be like fucking smart or like deep or like aloof or whatever, like philosophical... Um, and it was, like, not the right time, and mm-hmm. he wasn't in love with her. He wasn't. He, he, like, hoped that someday he would grow to love her. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he hoped, because that's what happened to his parents. I think that he started to love her after she died. I mean, well, like, it's too the, late, asshat. Right, like, but the, re- like, love her in the sense of, like, this is the mother of my children, I need to do everything to, like, protect her... Well, memory. So I think that I mean you hear a lot because they go through. You know we're jumping ahead. I know. Way ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to stay on track. Um, but like, you know, you hear a lot about like the War of the Whaleses and like them fighting with each other in the tabloids and like, you know, all of that stuff. But they were always like a very united and devoted parental pair they had like very similar ideals for how they wanted to raise William and Harry Mm -hmm. in a much more loving and family way than either of them were raised because neither of them had it no and they were very very much like in unison on that belief and he he always uh has been complimentary of her motherhood skills Yeah, and I think that, I mean, for Prince Charles, he wanted a wife that would replace the mother he never had. And Diana wasn't that woman. That was who Camilla was, or is. Like a mommy figure for him? Not, just the nurturing aspect of it. I mean, it's a mommy figure, yeah. Yeah. And Diana never had that. She wanted that from her husband. She wanted her husband to love her. And they couldn't figure it out. So they, like, two negative ends of a battery, you know? Yeah, I mean, they didn't like each other. Diana found out, getting back on track to our story. Yeah. Diana finds out about a bracelet. She finds the bracelet that Charles plans on giving to Camilla Parker Bowles. Because, so this was, like, mid-July 1981. They get engaged in um, February 1981. He makes that fucking horrible joke. Um, and then mid-July 1981, she finds this bracelet, and it says, like, G and F on it, which are for Camilla. It's either, like, people think it's one of two meanings. His Girl Friday, GF for Girl Friday, or GF for Fred and Gladys, which were like aliases that they used as I a they were couple pet names, yeah. Gladys and Fred. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that. Well, whatever. All right. It doesn't matter. That's yeah, it my could be vote. either thing. 
That's my vote. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Gladys and Fred. And... How could you not be heartbroken if you saw... If your husband... He's that, not her like, husband yet. Oh. And she, like, barely fucking knows him. But if he just has that sitting in his desk... If Tom had something to give to an ex-girlfriend sitting in on his desk, I would tell him to take his pants off and bend over, because guess where this is about to go? Where? Up his ass. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to... Clarify for yeah, our audience. Exactly. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but why didn't Diana do that? I guess she couldn't because he was the Prince of Wales. I mean, I don't, I don't know that like a lot of people would get aggressive. Like, yeah, I mean, what you're describing is like forced sodomy. Like you're talking about <laughs> raping him. <laughs> Realistically, I am. like not everybody would do that. Maybe I shouldn't say that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you know. Oh. I'm not. Sa- I'm not like trying to judge you. I'm just. Hey. <laughs> I would never force on me on anybody. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> edit all of that out. I'm keeping that in. I know you will. I am keeping that in. All right. Um, so, why couldn't she, like, slap him or something? Well, like, she did get very mad. She beca- she She was super pissed, and she confronted him about it. She was like, this is not... Except, like, I think that he kind of thought, going into it, that, like, she knew that this was a marriage of convenience... And that, like, this was, like, I think going into it, he thought, like, well, we'll just, like, have, like, an arrangement or, like, whatever. Or, like, maybe, like, eventually we'll fall in love, whatever. But, like, he had a girlfriend. Yeah, he had a side piece. Yeah, I mean, he he wasn't allowed to, like, be with her, but. She was, Diana was literally his work wife. Yeah, basically. Um, And she was like, no, that's not how I'm doing this, like. That's not my, that's not my fantasy of being a princess. That's not, that's not my narrative. Um, and he promises her that, um, you know, he'll stop saying Camilla. Please. And she's having cold feet and she tells her sisters this, Diana. And they were basically like, babe, it's too late for you to back out. Like, you're about to be the princess. Yeah. Like, we um, can't... What is she... She said, like, your name's already on the tea towels. You can't... Yeah. You can't quit now. Um, so she... They still get married. Um, and there's that, like, footage of Diana walking down the aisle where, like, her big, giant doe eyes mm. are, like, going back and forth, like, mm, 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 mm. Right, left, right, left, right, yeah. left. Yeah. And in an interview, she says that she's doing that because she is trying to find Camilla... Um, she found her. Yeah, she did. She yeah. spotted her. Uh, but, like, that is just, like, I didn't realize that. There was so much stuff that, like, I didn't realize before There's this so episode. There's so much scandal. It's like, I know, it's like a fucking soap opera. Yes. It's like, ooh, what? I know. Gasp. 
There's like, and none of this is a conspiracy. Like, this is all regular shit. Yeah, this is just backstory. This is just backstory so that you can, like, understand the conspiracy. Yeah. Um, This is, because you have to get this stuff. We're not just telling you this because it's, like, a fun soap opera. You have, these are the, this, these are the points that you kind of have to know in order to decide what you think is the most plausible explanation for her death. I'm glad you threw that in there because, yes, 100 and... 200%. Yeah, it's not just like... Seven and five, I agree. Exactly. Now, um, after their wedding, they have their first royal engagement, and this is the first time where Charles is like, what the fuck? Like, he really thinks of Diana as kind of dumb. Like, he thinks of her as, like, his his dumb, pretty wife. Like, his dumb, pretty... His trophy, trophy wife. Trophy yeah. wife. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's the pretty princess. He knows that she's not, in, like, an intellectual in the sense that he believes, you know, he considers himself and Camilla, so he basically thinks that she's dumb because of that. And during this first royal engagement is the first time that he feels actually, like, threatened by her because she's not a dumbass. Mm-mm. Like, it's, you know, she might not have been... Uh, you know, a great academic, but she's definitely not a dumbass, and she is a genius with people. And this is the first time that he sees that, and how much people love her. Like, the crowds are chanting for her, we want Diana, we want Diana. Every time that, like, Charles is on their side of the street, Mm -hmm. they're just, like, calling for Diana. Um, And this does not feel good to, like, you know, a golden boy with a silver spoon in his mouth like he has known ever since he was a little kid that he's supposed to be the king and so like because of that he's grown up knowing like everybody is watching me they want to know what I'm doing like they want like and now they like nobody gives a shit about him nobody they care about Diana exactly um she took the spotlight immediately uh, and kept it until the day she died and long after yeah now she gets pregnant very quickly. As most of them do. Well, she, I mean, you know, she's a young... Fertile myrtle. Fertile woman, you know. She's ripe old age of getting pregnant. Um, <laughs> what age is that, Kat? She's, well, it's not north of 30, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little harder after that. Um, now, in, in January of 1982... Uh, Diana is pregnant and she's really, like, she's having a hard time with her mental health. Moving into the palace and, like, starting this life has brought up a lot of her previous struggles with bulimia, depression, you know, all of these things that she was going through in boarding school. Mm -hmm. She's now going through them again in the palace because it's basically like being in boarding school again. She thought that this was going to be, like, her moving in with her perfect family that she fantasized about and it wasn't it it basically was exactly like moving into a boarding school where she's just like roaming the halls by her fucking self all day because her she's alone yeah she's just she's just by herself her husband's out on tours the royal family is out on tours doing different things seeing different things and she's not got part of the royal family or no, this was after the wedding. So she is part of the royal family. She is, yeah. This is during her pregnancy. January 1982. This was the first time that Diana attempts suicide. Oh, yeah. Is during her pregnancy with William. Um, she throws herself down a staircase um, at the royal estate of, what is it? 
Sandringham? I don't know. Kensington Palace? It says the royal... I wrote down the royal estate of Sandringham. I'm not sure. But she did Cut that. Cut that out. So she throws herself down a staircase. Um, and this was her first suicide attempt. Uh, however, she and the baby are both okay. She says that she was kind of like throwing herself in front of Charles, like like begging him to like recognize her pain and comfort her in some way. And he interpreted this as very melodramatic. And attention-seeking. Attention-seeking. He was extremely turned off by it. And he basically, like, said to her face after she tumbled down the stairs, like, I've had enough of this, and I'm leaving. Like, I'm, I'm going to go continue with my day. I think he was, like, going riding or whatever. So... This was very like heartbreaking for her. Like sure. even if she, even if she is like being melodramatic and attention seeking in doing something like this at this time, because it, like while she's very very lucky that throwing herself down the stairs did not permanently and badly harm her or her child, like or her unborn baby, it, it's not likely to kill you. She was so desperate, and at she this was. point, she had asked. So many people, I need help, I need help. Um, it, I mean, it's the same thing that we heard from Meghan Markle yeah. during her interview with Oprah. That's why, like, it's, it. that's why these things go hand in hand so much is because it really, you know, Harry was talking about history repeating itself, and this is exactly what he's talking about, is she, his mother, during her first pregnancy, needed help so desperately and was trying anything to get it, she threw herself down a staircase to try to make Prince Charles take her seriously, and he didn't. He thought she was being a baby. Yeah, and that's just sad. It's fucked up. Now, Prince William is born a healthy baby boy. In a hospital, not the... Uh, not yeah, I wouldn't, wanna, I wouldn't want to jam with that either. I don't blame her. Um, and Diana suffers from postpartum depression after William is born. Of course. As many women do, and especially a woman who's going through struggles like this prior to giving birth to her baby. So she's in the, she's going through a rough time. Uh, she brings William along with them on their first royal tour post-baby at the suggestion of um, one of the hosts. And so that the, so the, this way they can like stay a little longer, yeah, um, without having to be like away from the baby, and people react to because she, I mean, Diana's like holding him the whole time. It's not like he's, you know, any footage that you see of them like arriving, she's always holding him, yeah, um, and you know, not that there weren't nannies, there of course I'm there were, sure. of course there were nannies, um, but she was a very like natural mother. She loved her baby. She loved being with her baby. And people went wild for the two of them together. Like, they thought it was the cutest thing in the fucking world. They were, he is an adorable baby, an adorable child. They reacted to Diana and, and, you know, little baby Prince William, like they were the fucking Beatles, basically. Yeah. And ignored uh, Prince Charles. And this was the second time that Prince Charles was like, hey guys, this really fucking sucks. He's, you know, the whole royal family is basically upset at the fact that 
the world is more enamored with Diana and her baby than the next king, essentially. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, the royal family, even before Prince William was born, the royal family was having issues. You know what I mean? They needed a win, and they felt that Diana and Charles being together... Yeah, it was supposed to be that win. You know, it it was. Uh, Now, Harry is born in 1984, and Charles is openly disappointed that he's not only a boy, but he has red hair, which is a Spencer family trait. Um, He acts like... He says that he was, like, trying to be funny, but Diane, Diana took it very seriously um, and was extremely upset by this. And this is the point where the two of them just, like, completely start living separately within the palace. Yeah. They're sleeping in separate rooms. Like, they're not... They're, they're, they're still together, obviously, but they're basically... But they're basically not. Like, they've, they've separated from each other within the palace. Her bulimia gets a lot worse after Harry's born. Um, and by 1986, she starts her own affair with um, her riding instructor, James Hewitt. A lot of people oh, suggest geez. that, like, James Hewitt might be Harry's father. But she didn't meet him until Harry was two years old. See, I had thought that as well because I personally don't think Harry looks anything like his father. Whatsoever. He looks like his mother. Yeah. And he looks like his mother's family. And his brother looks like exactly... And so does... um, His brother looks like the queen, yeah. William looks like the... William looks like the queen. What is his son's... Prince William's son... Anyway, he looks exactly like he did when he was little, so I think he's going to look like um, the father, you know, Prince Charles. There's so many of them. Like, I know. And then they take on different names when they take different titles. It's ridiculous. Like, Get over it. Just have your one name. Exactly. God. But, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, her bulimia gets worse. She starts having an affair um, but then he gets, he's a German, um, soldier, right? Who's a German soldier? The riding instructor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Word, word, word. Got you. Yeah. And he conveniently got sent off to, so I don't know if there was a Oh, war. yeah. Hella conveniently, yes. Yeah. He did get sent, but, yeah. It basically kind of seemed like they were like, get him the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um. Same thing they did with Charles and Camilla. Y- well... But years earlier, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, they had... What did they have? They both had affairs. I mean... They did. They, they were f- the worst. They were dicks to each other. Well, I think at this point, when, like, Diana starts having her affair with James Hewitt, she, like, comes to terms with the idea of them having a marriage of convenience for their children and for appearances. Um, yeah. She, like, at this point, she's like, this is fine. Like, I'm okay with it. Uh, but but however... What, Charles wanted that all along, because he only had an affair with Camilla. But she had a few... She had a few loves. Yeah. She had a few loves. She had some oats to sow. Well, she well she had two affairs. She, she only had two affairs, technically. Yeah. She had the affair with James Hewitt, and then she had a, the affair with, like, um, her, like, old school romance like her child like her childhood friend 
they like got to I forget what that dude's name is, but I it was the too. it was the Squidgy Gate guy. Ah, Squidgy Gate. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Right. But before Squidgy Gate, in February of nineteen eighty nine, this is like Diana's moment. This is where she's like, I'm a fucking badass. Fuck Camilla. Like, I'm feeling myself now because I got some new dick. And like Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm not like a dumb little idiot. I'm not a dumb little girl. Right. You know. But Camilla's older than her. She's 12 years older than her yeah. at least. Um, probably more like 13. So in February 1989, Diana confronts Camilla at a party and she says, and I quote, I obviously am in the way and it must be hell for both of you. But I do know what is going on. Don't treat me like an idiot. And so she says this in front of a lot of people. And then she basically just like fucking walks away. Mike drops it. Nice. Yeah. She Diana says later um, that she felt like this was like her moment um, to be a badass basically. Like she did say that she felt like it was her moment, but I added the badass part. I don't think she would say badass. She wouldn't. I'm telling you I added it. But... <laughs> So Charles is furious about this. Of course. They have a huge blowout. And it's really at this point that Diana realizes that, like, there's not ever going to be any saving this relationship. Because she's still, like, she very, you know, she kind of had, like... She still wanted to make it work. Yeah, she had hope. She wanted to make it work. She wanted it to, she wanted it to work out because of William and Harry. Yeah. She hated being a child of divorce. And she didn't want to do that to William and Harry. But when, you know, if somebody's going to very obviously... Yeah, blatantly. Like, you know. And it wasn't, like, even the royal family was okay with it as long as it wasn't in the spotlight. As long as your affair was kept quiet, you could do it. Yeah, but I mean... I mean, they didn't like it. They did a lot of shit to get... Like, the... So, moving right along, she fucking rekindles her romance with the fucking... High school guy? Yeah, the, the dude from high school, or whatever it's called when you're uh, in England. And Squidgy Gate, basically, what Squidgy Gate is, for those of our listeners who may not know, is Squidgy Gate is a recording, like an audio phone, like a phone recording, that was taken of Diana talking to her boyfriend, and he, like, affectionately calls her Squidgy. Which is adorable. It's super cute, but her phone lines were being tapped. That's not okay. Yeah. And, like, sure, you know, I mean, obviously somebody inside of they wanted to the know. institution... The establishment. ...was feeding information to the press. RF. You know, obviously somebody inside of the institution is feeding this information to the press. And it's it may or may not be Charles... But the same shit happens to him when we have Tampax Gate. Oh, God. That, when I heard what I he said. I fucking love Tampax Gate. This is the best thing that's ever happened. When I heard that, I was like, ew. Like, so that's Tampax, not even a little bit romantic. Uh, it's so romantic. 
No. So Tampax Gate, for those of our listeners who may not know, is similar to Squidgy Gate, a recorded um, phone conversation between Charles and Camilla where he tells her that he wants to be with her so badly that he would like to be her tampon. He would like to be a tampon inside of her body. If anybody ever said that to me, I would say, oh, why? I think that the technical term for that, like, people who are into that, they identify as sharks. Well, that's not ironic at all. Isn't that funny? essentially what I would think that they would identify as as a group, as a culture, as a community. The, you know. Yeah. You get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Should I explain no, it? Should I, I over-explain it? You can Google it, I think, is where we're going to leave that. Yeah. So, Tampax Gate, Squidgy Gate, at this point, the queen, like, uh, she leaves it go on a little bit longer, but I think it's in 96, 95, 96, she's like, we're done here. Well, it's in 96 that the queen says we're done here, because in 95... Diana gives her famous tell-all interview with Martin Bashir. Ah. Her Oprah moment. Anyway. Yeah, she gives this interview, the BBC interview. So she, yeah, she gives this interview, and basically... Well, wait a minute. Rewind. Because in 92... The book? The book. But nobody knows that that was her yet, right? Right, because... So, yes. So okay. no one knows that that was her. All right. And... I get where you're going with that. We're in 95 now. So we're in 95. And basically, in reference to the book, what she says in her interview with Martin Bashir is basically confirming all of the things that a few years earlier in 1992, um, Andrew Morton wrote in his iconic book, Diana... Um, she was, he, he, at the time, he said that he had an, an anonymous source within the palace. He had to. He the couldn't palace. say it was her. Right. He threatened well, her life. Who, wh- I would think, with some of the things that had come out in that book. Yeah, well, she wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff. Right. So, she, she is the source for Andrew Morton's book. They do, he writes the book with, like, a series of recorded, like, Diana, like, basically, like, records herself. Yeah. Telling her story, and then, like, passes it off to Andrew. And in her interview with Martin Bashir, she confirms a lot of the things that his book says, which is all the stuff that we've been talking about so far. Her bulimia, her suicide attempts, her, you know, infidelity, Prince Charles's infidelity, all of it. Like, it's all in the book that comes out in 1992. But at that time, a lot of people think that Andrew Morton is making this shit up. And then Diana confirms it in 1995 in an interview with Martin Bashir that she had to, like, very carefully orchestrate because she was sure. not allowed to do this interview. So it was, like, hush-hush, under wraps, secret planning, right? Um, she does warn Prince Charles about it. But she does it. She does She does it anyway. Um, it's a very, very big deal that she confirms all of these things. And in the interview, though, she still says that she doesn't want a divorce. 
Yep. She never wanted the divorce. She wanted to stay together for the kids, really. Yeah, but the queen, I think the establishment thought that, or the institution, thought that Diana was going to be living in Kensington Palace, which is the residence for Prince Charles and her, um, to be the doting mother, and stay out of the way. Yeah, I mean, the, basically, yes. They they wanted her to, you know, stay in the palace, be the mom, and, like, not do anything else. Right. <laughs> and she didn't want to do that. Well, it would have been, like... Completely not how, how Nobody... Well, you can't live your life that way. No, you can't. You're being enslaved, essentially, by the British the British government, but not really because you're caring for your own children. I don't know. It's a fuzzy line, I feel like. You're caring for your own children, but that's not, like, But that's all, all she... you're allowed to do. Yeah, and you're not with your children 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know what I mean? Like, you're not attached at the hip with them. They go to school. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Up until Prince William, they didn't go to school. All of the English, the royal family's children yes, were tutored. Yes, but Prince Royal... Ugh, Prince, Prince Royal... royal. <laughs> Fucking Prince William and Harry both went to school. Yeah. They went, they did go to regular school. And they were already doing that in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. But they were the first. They were, yes. the royal family. They were, yes, 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 yes. So, yes, in 1996, you know, later that year after the interview, the queen is like, you need to get a divorce. Yeah. Um, This shit is really making us look quite bad. We need to get this woman as far away from us as humanly possible. Yeah. Now, Diana was part of the reason why she didn't want a divorce was because she was scared that if they got divorced, the kids would basically be taken away from her. Yeah. You know, similar to her father winning custody, these are the people who have the royal bloodline. These are the people who have... You know, it's not like Diana has no money, but they have more money. You know, they've got the institution behind them. Exactly. So she feels like, you know, if I get a divorce, am I never going to see my children ever again? Um, That's not what happens. Uh, However, you know, they they get the divorce and Diana still lives within the palace. She maintains a residence in Kensington Palace and she sees the children on, like, alternating holidays and shit like a regular divorced couple would. Yeah. She loses her title of, um, you know, her royal highness, but she will technically always be a princess. Like, she will always be princess of Wales, technically. They wanted to reinstate her title, the royal family did. After her death, yes, but the Spencer family uh, declined. Yeah. They, they didn't need it. They said Diana didn't need it, you know, because she yeah. didn't. She didn't give a shit about it. She gets a, like, a lump sum, like, a lump divorce settlement of about $35 million. Holy. And then she also gets a small, like, she also gets, like, an annual sum to maintain her, like, office as a mother of William and Harry. And she gets to keep all the, she gets to keep the jewels. Ooh, that's nice. So, she's doing pretty good. And, like, to tie this into Meghan and Harry... She leaves all of this shit in in her will to her children, and it's separate from their 
royal wealth. Yeah. I don't know if you know anything about how, like, your income works when you're a British royal, but basically, like, your their wealth comes from three sources. It comes from, like, any personal inheritance that they might have. Right. It comes from, um, like, the money that they make off of their properties, and they have two sets of properties. They have, like, properties that they that they personally own, that they make money off of annually with, like, Renters you know, rent, and, rentals yeah. and, like, um, some of them are, like, public uh, spaces. So, like, the pub, like public using them, people like renting them out, like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's all of the property that they own in accordance with the state, basically. Like, the way that it works is, like, their royal bloodline owns all of this property, like, all of this land within England, and they... So they can literally do whatever they want with it. Well, they, like... So, technically, they gave the land to England in exchange for a, a stipend, like, a cost-of-living stipend. I see. So they said, okay, we own all of this land... We're not going to request that you buy it from us for, you know, some obscene amount of money uh, that, you know, one lump sum. We're just going to give it to you. We're going to give it to the country, to the government. And then, but, but you guys are going to pay us rent in the form of taxes. So the royal family taxes everyone else. And that's how they make their money. Yes. In, in one way. That's one way that they make their money, but that money is only reserved for working members of the royal family, and it's only, so it's, like, reserved for, like, the queen, and then, like, the main fucking working members of the family. So the the other people that, like, go on royal tours, and, like, that's what they spend their life doing. Yeah. Like, the people who are not allowed to hold regular jobs. Because, like, it's a conflict of interest for you to be, like, holding that position within the royal family and then also working a regular job. Yeah, that makes sense. So that cost, like, that, those cost of living taxes go towards maintaining, like, those offices. Like, their residence in Kensington Palace and, like, whatever the fuck else. Like, all their security. That's part of the reason why, the like... stables. The fucking horses. The dresses. The, you know. A lot of that stuff too, like like the gold carriage, the queen and shit, like drive around in sometimes for certain things. Like if that shit's all gold, like how, they have to store that. You know that carriage needs. To, they can't just leave it outside. They got to store it in a. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a big ass Tupperware container. Exactly. Or a shed. Yeah. The, can you imagine, like, the oxi- oxidization exactly. of that fucking carriage? That thing is, like, immaculate. It's, exactly. And the, the staff of the, <laughs> the, the Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace. Yeah, that's what like, the taxes all pay for. They have to, yeah. So that's what the taxes all pay for. Got it. And the money that they get, like, from their private inheritance and from, like, the money that they make off of their private properties, that's, like, separate. So all the tax money, that's, like, what Meghan and Harry gave up. And then... But they still get, like... But they still get... Harry still has all this shit that Diana left him. Yeah. Which is this fucking... Half of this 35 mil and the jewels. Right. 
So that's what she gets when she gets divorced, and that's what she leaves to the boys. And so that's part of what Harry inherits, and that's what, like, afforded him and Meghan the opportunity to be able to, like, restart their life. Um, But, you know... In California, no less. Yeah, where it's, you know, that basically gets you a down payment um, or first and last month's rent, basically. Right. I mean, considering the fact that the world picture of society was very different at this time in the 1990s than it is now. You know, we still suffer with a lot of the same issues, and that really comes down to race. I mean, when Diana starts dating Jodie Fayed. Don't get me started. Listen, okay, wait a minute. Right after they get divorced in 96, right? This is kind of like, so 1996 to 1997, this is, you know, the last chapter of Diana's life. Mm -hmm. She's a divorced woman. She's a single mom. She's out here living life, still living in the palace, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, She's, like, independent anyway. But she's still working. (laughs) She's still doing her charities. She's still trying to help people. Yeah, she's a humanitarian. And this is when her humanitarian work really fucking takes off, and she does some of her most well-known work of of her life. Um, This is when she starts her work with AIDS patients. Mm. She famously shakes the hand of um, an infected patient uh, in front of cameras uh, on air, at at a time when it was very very taboo to do that people thought that you could get sick that way yeah they thought that like any contact with an AIDS patient you could get sick that it was like a pandemic um, and it would be crazy to see a princess touching an AIDS patient so she knew that that that's not how you get sick and she wanted to help break the stigma so she like, she was just such a she had such a big heart she very like without any hesitation um, just did whatever she could, made any gesture that she could to humanize people in these situations. Um, she also moves into her work with landmines. Ah, this. Her, um, she, like, worked tirelessly to end the use of landmines. Yeah, so... She, the landmines were predominantly manufactured by the British, like the British royal family owned, had stock in. Well, the military industrial complex definitely had an issue with her stopping. That's what it was. The production, the military manufacturing. Who yeah, the 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 landmines. It was an issue, um, and she actually the work that she did. Towards the international ban on landmines, her campaign for that won the Nobel Peace Prize at, later that year after she died, and it went into international law. So she was successful in that. Yeah, the British arms industry was responsible for manufacturing the landmines. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the royal family was like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, so she's definitely like causing some. Fuss. She's, she's causing the shit some. Pot. Yeah, she's stirring the shit pot for sure. She's like touching people with AIDS. She's like hugging and kissing black children. Just, just the thought of her, and I think they made her a saint. What? Um, yeah, I believe. Like the Catholic Church? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Fact check that. Um, I have no idea. I'm not sure either. But 
she was just love and light and she just wanted to help everybody. She was. And during this time, she was also dating Hasnat Khan, Dr. Hasnat Khan. He is a heart surgeon and she meets him while she's visiting a friend in the hospital. She falls totally fucking in love with him. She's like obsessed. He's so regular looking. Like, I'm not trying to say that he's ugly or anything like that, but she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's... She's so pretty. Like, the universe is obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, she's like obsessed with all of these regular-ass-looking dudes. Yeah, like, even Prince Charles, for that matter. Prince Charles is a total uggo. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I agree. No offense, Prince Charles. Well, Dodie Fighthead was, like, he was kind of, like, the most handsome of all of the dudes that she was linked to. But, um, I don't think that she really was, like, in love with Dodie. Because this whole time, so, like, 96, 97, all post-divorced, she's dating Dr. Hasnat Khan. And she's obsessed with him. She travels to Pakistan to, like, meet his family and try to convince them that she's going to be a good match. Oh, wow. Like, she's, like, breaking boundaries here. You know what I mean? Wow, like she, she did that all her life. She's very, very much in love with this dude. And she's trying to convince him that, like, being with her is going to be worth the sacrifice that he will have to make with his personal life. But he's seems very uncomfortable with the attention that he gets from dating Diana like, straight away, very uncomfortable with it. Okay, yes. Because I'm trying to think, when the f- did she date him? But it, there, it must have been she very dated close. Him, she dated him, like, the whole time. She It was, like, basically, Dodie Fayed was her rebound. Ah. That's the thing. That's, like, why I don't believe that she was, like, in love with Dodie Fayed. Because she was obsessed with Hasnat for, like, the longest. Jodie Fayette's dad is singing a different tune, but... Oh, I know. That. Please. I know. I know. I know. He's sad. He's a sad man. His his son died. Well, yeah. But, anyway, he's a... Dr. Khan, she introduces her sons to him. Oh. She really, like, wants to be with this dude. He doesn't want to. Diana's close friends all say that... That, like, Dodie, who she started dating, like, immediately after her and Hasnat broke up, that, like, she was kind of being, like, almost, like, immature and, like, ridiculous because she was, like, trying to, like, get Hasnat's attention. I see. Like... She she got a lot of attention when she well, was on the yacht. Yeah, and... the, the, like, kisses pictures mm-hmm. came out where of them on the yacht together kissing. Her and Dodie Fayette on the yacht kissing. And she, her, like, some of Diana's closest friends say that, like, the reason why she did that was because she knew that those pictures would get back to Hasnat and she was, like, hoping that he would get jealous and change his mind and say, like, okay, like, I'll deal with the media because I can't not be with you and I definitely can't see you with another man. I think Diana, I mean, she never had the confidence in her love life, no. I don't think. Well, she didn't have confidence in herself, you know what I mean? Like, she yeah. was this gorgeous, beautiful, like, English rose that, like, everybody was obsessed with. And she, but she was, like, horribly insecure and bulimic and, like, not doing well. And, you know, wanted somebody to love her. The people that she wanted the love from were the same people that were telling her that she 
you know, wasn't doing this right or wasn't doing that right or she I don't know. I mean, Hasnat Khan seems like he genuinely, like, was a good person and loved her back. Like, a lot of people think that, like, he, he wanted to be with her really badly, but he was just either, like, too affected by, like, having that much attention on himself that he, like, couldn't, you know, he, like, couldn't deal with it, and then it was too late because she died, or that, like, maybe he was scared away by something else that wasn't the media, that was perhaps the institution who didn't want Diana to be with a Muslim dude and, like, definitely didn't want Harry and William to have a Muslim stepfather and possibly a Muslim half-brother or sister someday. You know what I mean? Because she's only 36 at this point. She's only 36. She could still have a baby. Yeah, she absolutely could. And, you know, now we're getting into, now we're getting into then the the conspiracy of it all. Now we are getting a little bit into the conspiracy of it all. Um, I think, because we're right, I mean, once she meets Jodie Fayad, we all know that this is, you know... uh, It didn't last too, too long. Well, August 1997 is when she dies. So, um, we're going to stop things here, uh, for part one, um, you know. But they all had to struggle hardships. Prince Charles lost the love of his life, inevitably got her back, but obviously not in the way that anybody would have wanted. Um, you know, Prince Philip gave up his naval career to essentially carry his wife's purse. Um, you know, he doesn't really have a real... I mean, he did a lot. I don't know, dude. Does he? A lot of people think that maybe Prince Philip is, like, the mastermind behind everything. And he's fucking running the institution behind the scenes. Like a creepy puppet master. Makes sense. Cheney did it with Bush. That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't it go across the pond? Is Prince Philip the Dick Cheney of Great Britain? Find out next week on Obviously It's Fake the Podcast. Uh, yeah, so (laughs) that's going to end it for part one of our Princess Diana episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. Uh, Next week, we're going to deep dive into her death, the car accident, the white Fiat, MI6. Is she actually still alive? Prince Philip. (laughs) All of it. Uh, Yeah, Ari Paul. The toxicity levels, the autopsies, the partial embalmings. Was she pregnant? We don't know. You Find can't... out next week on Obviously It's Fake, the podcast. <laughs> Remember to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Yes, please. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate us. Give us a good review. Please it like means, us. It, it means the world to us, really. It's very helpful obviously um and you know follow us on social media because like we said earlier in the episode we have some cool announcements coming soon um that we're very excited to share with you guys this has been obviously it's fake the podcast i'm chelsea potts and i'm katherine doherty